Good morning, Southern Remedy listeners. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Assistant Professor of Nursing and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today I have with me Jessica Fons, a registered dietitian from Blue Cross Blue Shield. And we want to talk to you about having a happy, healthy, food-safe summer. So we want to hear what your favorite dishes are, what you're taking to those potlucks, and how we can keep you healthy with all of that. Give us a call at 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Send us an email at fit at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the news. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Windsor Johnston. President Trump is defending his controversial travel ban on Twitter. NPR Scott Horsley reports the president's language could complicate the job of administration lawyers who are asking the U.S. Supreme Court to reinstate the measure. In a series of early morning tweets, the president argues for his original travel ban, not what he calls the watered-down version now under review by the courts. The president's tough rhetoric could make things difficult for administration lawyers who've tried to argue that revisions to the ban removed constitutionally suspect provisions. The revised version, which seeks to bar travelers from six majority Muslim countries, has also been blocked by the federal courts, but the administration is asking the Supreme Court for an emergency order reinstating it. Scott Horsley, NPR News, Washington. President Trump is once again criticizing London Mayor Sadiq Khan on Twitter. Trump tweeted this morning that Khan had offered a pathetic excuse for an earlier tweet saying that London residents had no reason to be alarmed after this weekend's deadly terror attack. Mayor Khan says he was telling people not to be alarmed over stepped-up police presence in the city. British Prime Minister Theresa May has returned to the campaign trail less than 48 hours after Saturday's terror attack. In a speech at Westminster today, she described the latest strike as an attack on the free world. Villa Marks reports. The Conservative Party leader was forced once again to address the issue of terrorism and tragedy in the final days of an election campaign her advisers had hoped would primarily focus on her Brexit strategy. May said Britain's democratic way of life must continue, with the national vote scheduled on Thursday, while authorities continue their investigations. The police are working hard to establish the identity of all of those who were tragically killed or injured in the event on Saturday night. But it is now clear that, sadly, victims came from a number of nationalities. She said police knew the attackers' identities and had put in place additional security measures, including new barriers on several bridges across the River Thames. For NPR News, I'm Villa Marks in London. Authorities are learning more about a shooting rampage in Orlando. Greg Allen reports. Shortly after 8 a.m., the Sheriff's Department in Orange County, Florida, responded to a call at a company that manufactures awnings for recreational vehicles. Authorities say a man, armed with a handgun and a knife, entered and began shooting workers there. The gunman shot five people before turning the gun on himself. Four of the victims died at the scene. One was transported to the hospital but died en route. Orange County Sheriff Jerry Deming says his department is investigating this as a workplace shooting. It appears that this incident has nothing to do with any uh, global terror uh, activities. Police say they're interviewing seven survivors. None of them were injured. Greg Allen, NPR News. 
Stocks are trading mixed on Wall Street at this hour. The Dow is up four points. The Nasdaq Composite down six. The S&P 500 down a fraction. This is NPR News in Washington. In the Philippines, it's been nearly two weeks since ISIS-linked militants occupied much of the southern city of Marawi. Michael Sullivan reports the militants remain in the city, but President Rodrigo Duterte says he won't negotiate with them. Military officials today try to explain why it's taking so long to dislodge the fighters. They said the militants were well-armed, well-stocked with food and water, and well-organized to resist the government's counterattack. The local militants have also been joined by foreign fighters from Indonesia, Malaysia, Saudi Arabia and Chechnya. The military's effort to put an end to the fighting has been complicated by the presence of a large number of civilians who are still trapped in parts of the city occupied by the militants. The vast majority of the 200,000-plus mainly Muslim residents of Marawi City fled after the first few days of fighting. For NPR News, I'm Michael Sullivan in Manila. Six Arab governments are severing ties with Qatar. They include Egypt and Saudi Arabia. As NPR's Allison Muse reports, they're accusing the Arab nation of supporting terrorist groups, including ISIS and al-Qaeda. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson has offered to mediate the rift between America's Persian Gulf allies. The rivalry threatens U.S. efforts to build unity in the war against ISIS. Qatar hosts the U.S.-led coalition in its air war against the extremist group. Now it's unclear how coalition members Saudi Arabia and others will continue their participation. NPR's Alice Amuse reporting airline flights to and from Qatar are being suspended. I'm Windsor Johnston, NPR News in Washington. Support for NPR comes from NPR stations. Other contributors include Fifth Generation Incorporated, maker of Tito's Handmade Vodka, still independently owned by Tito Beverage, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas, American-made and gluten-free. Recipes and more at titosvodka.com. This is Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit with Dr. Josie Bidwell on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show fit at mpbonline.org. And now, Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Assistant Professor of Nursing and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today I have with me Jessica Fonds, who's a registered dietitian at Blue Cross Blue Shield. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning. We're so happy that you're here, and we want to talk to you guys uh, listening today about your kind of favorite summer dishes, what you're taking to those potlucks and, and cookouts, and how we can make sure we treat those ingredients with the respect that they deserve and keep us all healthy this summer. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. Now, Jessica, tell me a little bit about what you do at Blue Cross Blue Shield. Absolutely. So, yes, just like you said, I'm a registered dietitian at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. Um, There we have a team of actually eight registered dietitians, um, including myself, and um, I'm the manager of the team, and we do a little bit of everything. All things nutrition from Blue Cross, we probably have our hands in it one way or another, from worksite wellness to community nutrition to working with our network providers, health coaching. Um, We just do a little bit of everything. And you were telling me, y'all, 
actually have a cafe on site at Blue Cross Blue Shield. Absolutely. We have a full cafe for our employees at Blue Cross and everything there is healthy. And so a lot of the food safety stuff, hopefully we'll get to talk about today. Um, I've learned from our chef who, um, you know, manages our cafe on site. So, yeah. And, you know, we do a little bit of that as well. You know, we have a, um, a teaching kitchen. And so we, you know, we get into the food safety business with that as well. And so if you've got questions about, you know, how you store food, what you do at the grocery store, those are the things we want to talk to you about today. And, you know, I know what my answer to this question is. I want to see what your answer to the question is. Mm-hmm. What do you think is kind of the biggest kind of mistake or error that you see when people are, are cooking and prepping food? Well, it may surprise you, but sometimes it's the most simple thing, which is just wash your hands. That's mine, too. (laughs) And so, yes, it's just simple. Just wash your hands. Give them a good wash, you know, warm water with soap. Try to do it for at least 20 seconds. Um, That's equivalent to singing happy birthday twice. Happy birthday twice. And not speeding through happy birthday twice. That's right. Like you really care about who you're singing it to uh, (laughs) twice. And then make sure that, you know, you get underneath your fingernails, in between the webs of your fingers, you know, especially if you've been mixing up some ground beef or something like that and using using your two greatest utensils your hands to kind of smush all that up together you want to make sure you get those really clean you know most folks think about kind of washing their hands at the beginning and maybe even washing their hands at the end but think about anytime you change kind of food types if you're moving from proteins to vegetables or fruits you got to wash in between there as well or foods that are raw and foods that are ready to eat absolutely and, you know what's a ready to eat food like what oh, does that I mean? mean you know anything like fruit yeah it's ready to eat you don't anything to you're not it. gonna put heat on to you know um is ready to eat so not necessarily that you don't do anything to it but you know fruit salad anything like that is technically a ready to eat food so if you're going to move from your protein that you were working with, your beef, your chicken, um, to that, then make sure you scrub up in between there. Um, and the other thing is think about kind of the the vessels that you're using to prep these things in. You know, Usually we stack up our hamburgers on a, a plate and we take them to the grill and we flop them on there with some tongs. But think about changing changing yes. that out. Absolutely. You know, most of us would remember to take, to get a new plate mm-hmm. because you're looking at that plate with, you know, kind of raw juices <laughs> right. sitting in it. Nobody's going to flop their cooked hamburger back down on that. But the tongs count, too. Yes. You know, so you got to make sure you change those things out. They are cutting board, too. Uh, one tip I've heard is to use two different colors or two different cutting boards. And even you can write or label them, you know, for raw food. And then you're ready to eat food. So you don't want um, to cross-contaminate between the two. Absolutely. And some of them actually have little kind of shapes of animals or fruits and vegetables on them. I found a pack that had that. So it's kind of, again, a visual cue of this is my raw food or raw meat cutting board and this is my ready-to-eat cutting board. Do you have an opinion either way about plastic cutting boards versus wooden cutting boards? You know, I really don't. Um, I personally use plastic ones just because they seem to be easier, Um, but I really don't. I think the most important thing is just like we've already said, just the cross-contamination to be very careful and make sure you wash them very, very well. Um, But I think between wood and plastic, I think it's really just up to to the individual. Yeah. I try and keep uh, my meat off of my wooden cutting boards. You know, wooden wooden cutting boards are very, are porous. They are very porous. So, you know, it's to, to me in my head anyway, I don't ever feel like I get it quite clean enough Mm -hmm. that it's kind of (laughs) soaked down in there. Uh, So I use uh, wooden for my, you know, my vegetables and and fruits and and whatnot. And I use plastic for my raw sources. Um, But then the good thing about plastic, you just pop it in the dishwasher. I think that's me. I can just put it in the dishwasher and I don't have to worry about it. So I've always just used plastic. And then, but we got to make sure, you know, if anything is starting to kind of 
get worn. You mm-hmm. know, if it's got a lot of knife cuts on it, that kind of stuff. That goes for the wooden as well. You know, every time you've got kind of a dent down into your yes. cutting board, that's just... You've created a pore for bacteria just right. to thrive. It so. is a, it's like a, setting up a party house for the bacteria. <laughs> Please come live in this little crack and multiply. So, you know, make sure that you're kind of replacing those if they get if they get damaged in that way. Absolutely. Now, we were talking earlier and we really both agree that food safety starts at the grocery store. Mm-hmm. It really does. So, what are your tips for kind of how we tackle the grocery store and make sure that the food that we pick at the grocery store is the safest it can be by the time we get it home. Absolutely. Well, you know, any dietitian will probably tell you to shop the perimeter of the grocery store because that's where the healthy things are. However, a lot of times that's where the things are that spoil pretty quickly. So oftentimes, especially in this Mississippi heat, it's probably best to start with those center aisles and go ahead and get the things that you know that you need in the middle and then finish with the things that you know that you need to keep cold, such as dairy and your meat. So if you finish there, it'll have less time that it's away from the fridge or the refrigerator the freezer. And then when you pack it in your car, um, remember, you know, it's hot in our cars, especially when we get in. So if you're traveling a long distance, it may be a good idea to bring either a cooler with you or to use those small bags um, that you can actually buy in the grocery store to keep your food cold. Um, But also one tip that I have seen and read um, and try to do is not to put your food in the trunk. A lot of people just, you know, put it in the trunk to keep it out of the way. But you want to put your food that needs to stay cold in the car with you so that it stays cold um, in the air conditioner with you. So... And you don't forget it. Sometimes yeah. <laughs> if I put things in my trunk, then I forget them in there. And the worst is um, cans of, yes. you know, aerosol cans. So, you know, cooking spray and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff because they will explode they in will. your hot trunk. Yes, they will. And that is a big old mess to clean out of in there. So I totally agree. You know, we're talking about shopping the perimeter because that's where the freshest things are. But we're all going to need cereals, mm-hmm. flour, bread, those right. kinds of things that live in that middle mm-hmm. section, you know, make a list or you'll get stuck in those yes. aisles, um, getting things that nobody needs and uh, candies and cookies and all that kind of good stuff. But, you know, when you're shopping the perimeter, kind of plan ahead, you know, if it, if it's frozen things, I get those the very last thing because you got to think about how long it's out of the fridge or freezer. And and that goes to a good point of, you know, how long can food stay out That's a know, good out of the refrigerator? And, you know, for me, in best conditions, you know, things should not stay out longer than two hours. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. But it's hot it is here. Hot. You said it's hot. And so, you know, when we get temperatures that are reaching around the, you know, upper 80s to 90 degree, really cuts that, that time down to an hour. And that goes for parties and potlucks and all of that, which is really where we start to see folks get ill is when food sits out for hours and hours and all day. And when when you look at the research, about one in six folks get food poisoning at some point during a calendar year. And yeah, and unfortunately, you know, for you know, strong, healthy folks, you know, that may be a couple of days of not feeling good, running a little fever, having some vomiting, that kind of stuff. But for little kids and for elderly, they can be hospitalized from that very, very quickly because they dehydrate very quickly. And, you know, that the longer, the more we can keep you out of the hospital, the better it is overall. So it's really important that you take care of your foods from the time you leave the grocery store till you get them home and cook them and prep them and Put up your leftovers. And we're going to talk about leftovers when we come back from the break. You can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, Or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. 
From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell, the host of Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Each week, Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, Associate Professor of Finance at Mississippi College, joins me and answers questions about credit, investing, saving for retirement, and all things finance. Also, we invite you to call in and share your successes in navigating the personal finance challenges that we all face. Money Talks, Tuesday mornings at 9 on MPB Think Radio. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, fit at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, here with my guest, Jessica Fons. And we're talking about how to have a safe and healthy uh, food experience this summer, making sure that we take care of our food and cut back on the chance of getting foodborne illness. And we want to talk with you today. I know you guys are out there listening, and I know you all make yummy, yummy food. And we would love to hear from you about what your favorite dish is to take to a cookout or a grill out, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. Before we went to the break, we were talking about leftovers and what you do with those leftovers and how you store those appropriately. you have any tips for us on storing those leftovers? Other than, you know, really do not keep them out more than two hours, just like we've said. You know, you want to store them pretty quickly and put them in the refrigerator um, and just make sure you keep them cold. Um, and if you are going to use leftovers, I would only use them once. So don't continue to use the leftovers over and over. Right. Don't reheat them more than once. Right. You mm-hmm. know, so really when we're... I'm not a leftover fan. I'm not either. (laughs) You know, to me, I will use leftover food, but I need to kind of transform it so it's not the same thing as it was before. But you have to be careful with that. So if I have leftover chicken and I'm going to take it and make, let's say, fajitas or something like that with it, that counts as my reheat of that chicken. So if we don't eat all those fajitas... That, right, that meat's done and has to go away. So really think about how much you can reasonably eat at a time. And you could freeze some. Now, the deal with that is got to chill it down before you put it in the freezer. So don't ever just go from the stove to the freezer because you're going to change the temp inside your freezer if you put hot food in there, and that's going to affect all your other food. So chill it down and then put it in to the freezer. And we'll get back to talking about that in just a minute, but we have a call from Hamilton, Alabama, and it's Chris. Good morning, Chris. Hey, how y'all doing? We're great. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. We're getting rain over here. We are, too. It is a soggy, wet day over here in Jackson. I never complain about rain. I love the rain. You love it? Yeah. I got two hey, little uh, kids. They'll, they'll, they're a little stir-crazy um, <laughs> with all the rain. What I was going to mention, I've been in food service business since 1999. I opened a catfish restaurant up Yum. Uh, in, in Hamilton with two credit cards. <clears throat> and I just kind of have been stuck to it. Of course, I've been cooking and stuff uh, since an early age. I grew up with three sisters and stuff. But I want to tell you something. 
Uh, I always check dates on everything. Mm-hmm. Now, when I the last time I went to Walmart, and you know, you go to the deli, right? And they cut up some turkey breast for you, right? Okay, they put a date on your package, right? I mean, Correct. Have you ever got any of that? Yes, yes, okay, they put a yeah. I told a date. them I said the package that <clears throat> that you're cutting that meat from. I want to know the date. There's a date on all that, all those packages. You know what I'm talking about. On the right. Date. On you the know? actual manufacturer's package. Uh-huh. Uh, and guess what? It was going out of date the next day. Wow. I said, that, that your date that you're putting on there, I understand you're told you were told to do that, but it's not necessarily the right, you know, the correct date in, in the right cases. I think they go out like 10 days, you know, right. which it would have been out of date. Right. Right. Well, that's an but, excellent tip. That's but anyway, I'm afraid uh, I'm going to miss it to the store manager, you know, and uh, really they need to do something about that, you know, because somebody could get sick. Right. Absolutely. Very easily they could, um, especially, you know, people who have weakened immune systems that may be a little bit more uh, susceptible right. to that. And I need to tell you, we had a Mexican restaurant in Russell here about a year ago. Somebody cut some, uh, this goes on all the time. They cut some raw chicken up on a cutting board and somebody left the cutting board mm-hmm. laying there. Mm-hmm. And somebody came by and cut some lettuce up on that. Oh, no. And now you I have some salmonella. Had, I think they had 12 people sick with salmonella. They closed them down for like two weeks wow. and uh, opened back up and people started flocking back in there. Right. Yep. So food safety is serious. It is. So right. thank you for both of those things, Chris. And thank you for your okay. call today. Y'all have a good day. You too. Thanks. If you want to give us a tip or some information or ask us a question, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring or send us an email at fit at mpbonline.org. That, that cutting board tip, that is a perfect example of having color-coded yes. cutting boards and that your staff knows which ones are used for raw products and which ones are used for um, uh, ready-to-eat. Uh, types of um, foods because, you know, you do get busy and, you know, Especially you leave things out, mm-hmm. you know, and it may not get kind of tossed over into the sink like it should so those you know that's a fantastic way to just visually say whoop mm-hmm. stop you know and you know actually most of the cutting boards that i've seen that come labeled with you know a cow on it for beef they're red because it's almost like stop right don't mm-hmm. use me you know a very jarring color and the vegetables are more on the, the green and the uh the yellow cutting boards for that and it, that i never really thought about checking the date on the meat package in in the deli Mm -hmm. you know i don't frequent the deli section as much just Mm -hmm. because it's you know pretty high in in salt from in there so i usually try and you know bake off a bunch of chicken breasts or turkey breasts or whatever i'm doing and kind of use that for our our luncheon meats but you know i mean i'm a busy mom that happens you know you run over there and you get some that's an excellent point to make sure you check that date on that package and ask for that expiration date you know, and another thing that we do for deli meats in our house is we do buy deli meats because, like you, we have kids and they love sandwiches. And uh, oftentimes we don't get it cut at the deli, but we'll buy the prepackaged one. Mm-hmm. And what we've started to do in our house is when we open the package, we'll write on the package with a Sharpie marker when we opened it. So we know five to seven days after that, no matter what the date is on the package, right. we will still throw it out. 
you know, we do, I do not do that, but we should, because that, you know, that is the nurse in me. You know, a nurse labels everything that we open. You know, we put the, <laughs> we put the time, date, and our initials on it. And so, you know, I do that with my spices at home because, you know, again, I'm trying to cut back on salt and things, and spices are a great way to do that. But spices lose their potency over time. You know, if they're, after they're in the cabinet for three to six months, they don't pack quite the punch that they should. So I always label those with, with when I open them so I know when to replace them or you wind up with 17 bottles of poultry seasoning right. in there and you're like, well, how did I buy this? So I throw, it, throw it away, <laughs> you know. So um, that, that, that's a great idea to put, label that with the, the time and, and the, well, the date at least on there. Because most folks think the use by date on there is, is good to go. But that's the unopened use by date. Uh, another one that I see folks keep around for too long is the cartons of liquid egg like oh, egg whites yes. or egg mm-hmm. beaters, things like that, um, because they usually have a relatively long shelf they life do. listed mm-hmm. on there. But that's before you open it. Absolutely. So if you look in the fine print on yeah. there, it says once open, discard after seven days. So really think about the size of things that you're purchasing and whether your family's going to be able to eat that within that time frame. It's another tip at the deli. You know, if you get a whole pound of shaved meat, you know, if you've got a family of, you know, growing boys, you're probably going to eat that up in, in a couple of days. But if it's just you, you're probably, you're going to get sick of the, the luncheon meat before you eat it all or before it goes out of date now back to our leftovers that we were talking about you know i was talking about packaging it down into sizes that you think you're going to be able to eat at a time because once you reheat it once it's a no-go it's done it's It's got to go out and that's another way to make sure that you chill it down quickly enough you know um soups and stews and those kinds of things you know you make them in a big huge pot right and if you were to wait for that to come down in temperature before you put it in the refrigerator that's going to take a really long time for that big deep pot of soup or stock or whatever it is that you've made to come down to room temperature so you know pour it into smaller containers and I actually like shallow containers those little tupperware containers that are kind of squatty because that gives you more surface area for right. it to chill down. And I really love to pop those over in a bowl of ice and really chill them down super quick before you put them in the, in the yes. refrigerator. That's what we do is, is pop it in, you know, even fill your sink with water mm-hmm. and then just, you know, dump your ice. It's a good way to clean out your ice trays. Too. It is, it is. <laughs> and so, yeah, we do the same thing and chill it down in ice. That way, because you, you're trying to get it out of that danger zone yes. where, you know, you're not quite hot enough to kill bacteria, but you're not quite cold enough to keep bacteria from growing. And you don't want food to stay in that t- that, that temperature range for a very long period of time because that's when we get sick. That's exactly so, right. you know, once you're done with it, you want to get it cool as quickly as you can and get it into the refrigerator. So shallow dishes are the best way to do that or popping it over in an ice bath like mm-hmm. you were talking about with that. So uh, that also brings me to how we store our Uh, our foods in the refrigerator because usually there's you know a couple of shelves up top and then there's a couple of bins but you don't really see those bins used very much especially not the ones on the very very bottom we tend to at least my house stuff everything in that (laughs) middle that middle drawer and it's busting and then there's not much going on down bottom what should we be putting on the bottom of our fridge you know you should be putting your raw meat down there and you think about it raw meat if you get the package sometimes you know it can leak and you can get some of those you know lovely juices from the meat i love it when i pick that up at the grocery (laughs) store and i'm like 
Oh, man. Right. And so um, actually putting your raw meat in the bottom drawer is a really, really good idea. The only thing is sometimes you might forget it if it's down there. So make sure you check your date when you go back for that raw meat. But definitely store your raw foods um, towards the bottom. And your ready-to-eat food should be towards the top. And there's also a health component you can think about here, too. Um, Your healthier foods, try to put them in, in line of vision. So that way when you open your refrigerator, you're looking straight at the fresh produce that you want to eat more of and you tend to eat more of it. That's a great tip. And, you know, try not to have juices dripping down onto things. So right. those raw meats Especially on the apples. <laughs> right. No, no raw juices dripping on your apples. That would be gross. But also think about, I keep harping back on what you're going to use. You know, I see lots of carts get loaded up with, you know, all kinds of fresh meat at the store. And I'm thinking there's no way you're going to cook all that in two days Mm -hmm. because that's really about the shelf life of most of your fresh meat products is about two days. So, you know, if you're not going to use that, it needs to go in the freezer. Absolutely. You know, and we can talk about how we defrost in a minute. But, you know, fresh chicken, fresh ground beef, all of those things really about two days is about all you're going to get out of those in the fridge. So, you know, I try and just get fresh for today's meal and tomorrow's meal and everything else goes in the freezer. And even if I have the best of intentions, I'm like, no, I'm going to cook that. I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to cook it today. Yeah, I'm going to cook it today. (laughs) You know, I get tired and Mm -hmm. I don't cook it today. Life happens. Go ahead and move that over to the freezer. Don't don't waste it. You know, mm-hmm. we throw away so much food because we got busy and didn't get a chance to cook it. Just throw that, I mean, throw it in the freezer so that you're not throwing it into the garbage can with that. Um, you know, with food being so expensive these days, know. you know, you really want to make sure that you take the best care of it that you can mm-hmm. uh, so that it you know lasts the longest and and you stay healthy from it. Right. So we were talking about, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables and those there are things we can do to make those last a little longer as well so from from my perspective berries i love berries and you know they're a great way to have kind of a you know, breakfast on top of your yogurt that kind of stuff but they can go bad they can pretty quickly very, quick. very mm-hmm. quickly so you know a I often just stick to one berry, even though I would love to have blueberries and raspberries and strawberries over all my stuff. If I buy three packages of all that, they're going to spoil before then. But, you know, I usually talk about washing your produce when you get home and prepping it. But berries are one of those things you do not want to do that to. Tell me why. You know, because the moisture, if you go ahead and you wash your strawberries or blueberries or whatever it is, um, it it harbors and and grows mold. So, you know how you get the the fuzzy mold on your strawberries? So, you want to keep them dry until you're ready to actually eat them. And then you rinse them off. And you can just grab a handful and rinse them off under the sink. And so, in other words, don't wash your berries until you are ready to absolutely eat them. Right. Most of the other stuff I go ahead and wash and prep and cut up and right. have, you know, have it ready because like we said we're busy mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm much more likely to grab a healthy snack of, you know, some fresh fruit or fresh vegetables if I don't have to get out the cutting board and get out the knife and all that kind of stuff. But those berries are just a no-go with that. They are going to turn on you super fast um, with that. And, you know, all kinds of cut fruits. You kind of have to be careful with those as well because once you cut those, yes. you do expose them to some air mm-hmm. and they're going to kind of turn on you. Now, if an apple turns brown, 
Is it bad for you? Well, it's not necessarily bad for you if it turns brown, other than it's just not going to taste very good. And right. so, I mean, you don't want it to be so brown that it, you know, doesn't doesn't look edible. But, um, you know, if it's a little soft, it's probably okay. You may could, you know, put it in a salad or something. Um, but generally, you, you want to, you know, make sure that it looks edible and, um, yeah, it should be fine. So one thing I've started doing is taking, uh, like, a lemon. Mm-hmm. and my, So I cut my apple in half because right. our apples are huge right. you know and it's really more than a serving size on some of our apples so i cut it in half and i rub that cut side of the apple with yes. my lemon and then i wrap it really really tightly in plastic wrap and put it in and that usually gets me at least another day on that apple whereas right. if i just stick it in there it's going to be that horrible brown color and that's right you know when you're trying to trick a kid into eating or not trick them but trying to uh bribe them into eating some yeah, vegetables right. <laughs> and fruits, you know, um, and it's brown. They're like, no, I'm not, I'm not, not, so I'm not eating that, mama. Mm-hmm. It's not happening. So, you know, try and keep your food as fresh as you can for the longest that you can. So those frozen foods, we're going to have to talk about how we defrost those safely because I'm going to talk about how I see people defrost and it's not the safest way for us to do that. So we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about defrosting our foods safely. And if you want to give us a call with a question or a tip, give us a ring at one eight seven seven mpb ring or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. Southern Remedy is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center and by the generous support from you, our listeners. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. You already know MPB Think Radio is a direct result of donations from listeners like you. But instead of counting the size of your donation in dollars, how about axles? Trucks to motorcycles, cars, even 18-wheelers. Your donated vehicle of any size helps fund the programs here on Think Radio. For more information on how to donate your vehicle, visit mpbonline.org support. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, fit at mpbonline.org. Welcome back to Southern 
Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center, here with my guest, Jessica Fons, registered dietitian at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. And we're talking food safety today and how we can enjoy um, summer celebrations and being with our family and friends, but making sure that everybody stays healthy and nobody gets sick. We would love to talk with you guys today about what your favorite dish is to take to a cookout or any tips that you have on staying healthy this summer. And I did put out kind of a call on my uh, social media this morning and asked kind of what folks are taking to uh, cookouts. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. We're going to get back to what we were talking about before the break, which was defrosting food. So I know I see most folks take a big old chunk of meat out of the freezer and plop it down on, on the, the counter. counter. <laughs> yes, I see it too. And that is just not the right way to do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's the danger in doing that? Well, I mean, it's kind of a lot like the soup. I mean, you think about it, the center of that meat, especially if it's a big piece of meat, it's going to not thaw, you know, in the center, but the outside edges will thaw a lot quickly, a lot more quickly. And so then you get in that danger zone on the outside of the meat, but the center of the meat is still cold. So again, you risk foodborne illness when um, you're thawing it on the countertop. So how should we thaw it? Well, that's a very good question. And I get this question often. Um, There's really a couple of ways that are uh, healthy ways to defrost uh, food. One is in the refrigerator. Um, It takes longer, but, um, you know, generally two to three days you can thaw out meat. Um, Another way is to submerge it into cold water and uh, let it defrost that way. And then also you can do it in the cooking process. So when you're actually cooking the food or putting it in the microwave, um, you know, kind of applying that heat is a healthy way or a safe way to defrost meat. Just, you know, keep in mind if you're putting a frozen piece of meat in Directly into cooking. So, you know, you're going directly in the oven with that, which I do with with chicken breasts all the time. You know, buy those big packages of frozen chicken breasts, throw them out on a you know cookie sheet and put them in the oven. It's going to add to your cooking time. You know, so if a recipe says cook for 20 minutes, you know, you're going to have to add at least another 10 to 15 minutes to that to make sure that it's cooked all the way through. Um, Because you do want to make sure that your meat, you know, it's cooked all the way through and cooked to the appropriate temperature and meat different meats have different appropriate internal cooking temperatures and really the only way to know is to use a food thermometer or a meat thermometer with that and a lot of us don't have those Mm. but they're really inexpensive you know to just get and keep and and check those temperatures on those meats especially if you're out grilling where the kind of heat source may be a little little spotty you know where the Mm -hmm. grill may be hotter in certain areas and and cooler in in other areas and you know don't just go by how brown it is on the outside you know because it could burn on the outside and still be raw yes on the inside of that and you can defrost in the microwave Mm -hmm. you know you have to be careful with that because you don't want to kind of par cook your meat you know yeah yeah, char it in there (laughs) and then take it out but the deal with you know microwave defrosting is you don't want to defrost that meat and then put it in the fridge you know if you're going to defrost with the microwave as soon as you defrost it it's got to go and be cooked with with whatever it is so you know if you defrost it you got to cook it if you're not going to eat it then just throw it out you know Mm -hmm. it's just a no-go so you make sure you got to cook that food as soon as it's defrosted we've got a call um, from paul in diaberville good morning paul hi how are you i'm good good what's what can we help you with today well, I eat a lot of salad, and I like to buy the uh, prepackaged lettuce. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, uh, you know, so quite often it, it begins to brown and oxidize in the refrigerator fairly quickly. I'm wondering how long, first of all, can you continue to eat it when it looks like that safely? 
but how long is it really safe to keep before you consume it? Paul, that's a very, very good question. And, you know, um, you probably get a lot of different opinions on this, but your prepackaged lettuce, I'm assuming it's like the lettuce that's already cut up and you can just put it in the bowl and it's a salad. Is that okay? Most of those do have a date on them, but my experience has been it sounds like what yours has is oftentimes um, the lettuce starts to wilt before that date. Um, And so really before the date, I would just look at what it looks like. If it doesn't look like it's healthy and edible to you, then I would just go ahead and throw it out. Now, as far as lettuce that you buy, and you actually chop it up yourself, it can last for, you know, one to two weeks, depending on how you store it. Um, and one suggestion there is to tear your lettuce instead of cutting it because you can kind of bruise the, the edges of the lettuce, which make it turn brown faster if you cut it. Sure. And then also you can store it in Ziploc bags and put a paper towel in there with it after you wash it to kind of absorb some of the liquid. And that can help keep your lettuce for longer. So prepackage, follow the date or the way it looks. If you buy it and cut it, just follow some suggestions that I just gave you as as, um, if, it is, if it is starting to oxidize and some of the spines on the lettuce are mm-hmm. turning brown, it's still safe to eat it, is it not? Generally, it should be pretty still safe to eat. It just may not be something that you would want to eat. But as far as food safety, it should still be safe to eat, yes. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what I was going to say is with the paper towels. You know, moisture is kind of your enemy right. when, it, when it comes to storing uh, fresh fresh vegetables in general. So, you know, I like um, romaine lettuce. And so, you know, I take those apart, you know, and kind of get them in in little leaf packets. And I put a paper towel in between each one of those and then wrap them all in paper towels and put them in a Ziploc. And that does tend to kind of extend the storage life of those a little bit more with that. So thank you for that call. And if you guys have a call, you can... uh, Go ahead and call in one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send us an email at fit at mpbonline.org. So we were talking about kind of temperatures on meats before uh, we uh, visited the Iberville, and they do have different internal cooking temperatures on that. So. Why is it so steak? Let's mm-hmm. say steak. They, they usually have about one forty as the internal cooking temperature on that 140 145 and a ground meat like a ground beef is around 160 so why is it that our ground beef has to be cooked more than our steak well you think about ground beef it has a lot more air around it because it's ground up so it's exposed to a lot more air so therefore that means that it can harbor bacteria a lot more quickly than something like a steak so anytime you're um, cooking ground meat you definitely want to make sure you get it to at least 160 um, to make sure that it's safe to eat And, you know, if you're doing ground meats in something like tacos or spaghetti or something like that, make sure you go ahead and cook that meat thoroughly before you add your spices onto it because you really can't see what that meat looks like once you've got, you know, your taco seasoning on it or whatever it is. You know, we talked about, you know, going by temperature, not not look, you know, not just brownness, but when you've got something that's kind of broken up and scattered about like a ground beef, there's not really anything to stick your meat thermometer into, you know, so you really make sure that you've got that good and brown. There's no pink little bits remaining before you add those um, seasonings into that. And when you're using that meat thermometer, you got to be careful where you stick it. Mm Mm-hmm. Where do you want to stick that meat thermometer? Well, two things to consider. First, you want to find the thickest part of the meat and stick it as close to the center as you can because, again, that's the last part that cooks. So you want to make sure that, um, you know, it's, it's, it's at the right temperature. But also you want to be careful not to put it on the bone of the meat because the bone oftentimes is hotter than the actual meat. So make sure you actually get in the flesh of the meat. Right, because if you get it up next to that bone and it says it's 
160, you're right. like, I'm good to go, you know, and you pull that and you cut into it and the actual meat around it is not to the appropriate temperature there. We've got a call uh, from John and Bentonia. Good morning, John. Good morning. How are you? Very well. And you? I am good. Is it raining in Bentonia? Oh, it, it, it slacked off for a little bit. Oh, lucky you. Nasty. Yeah, it is a nasty day. What can we help you with? You know, um, I, you know, I love salads, and I hate to make them, but, uh, you know, so those prepackaged things are great. Mm-hmm. But um, they, they don't last in the refrigerator, even unopened, you know, for right. more than a day or two. So, you know, I, I, just, I, I just got to thinking, you know, kind of brainstorming. It's like, you know, what is in that? You know, carrots, um, lettuce, and blah, blah, you know, whatever. Right. And... Um, and got to thinking, what else is on that prepackaged that has those similar things that might last longer? It's like, duh, coleslaw mix. Mm-hmm. And, you know, cabbage is actually healthier than lettuce and uh, is chopped up. Right. And I, I, I'm just amazed how long that'll last. That, that'll last for seven days after you open it. And, you know, if you don't stick your hand in there. Right. And, um, you know, I just kind of retrained myself. I don't want all that lettuce, really. Right. And and cabbage, you know, chopped cabbage with, with lettuce um, or with, with uh, carrots is just wonderful. And it makes a wonderful salad. If you cut up some tomatoes stuck on there, stick on there, uh, and some onions and, um, you know, blue cheese. I mean, I, I, I don't like that fake blue cheese dressing, the ranch, but it'll do in a pinch if somebody right. doesn't have, you know, blue cheese. And, you know, if you want to splurge and put some salad dressing on it, that makes a wonderful salad. It's got wonderful mouthfeel, better than lettuce, in my opinion. It does give you a good crunch. And, and I usually put cabbage in my salad as well. And I'll tell you, another thing that I use is broccoli slaw. Mm-hmm. So it's usually right over there with those prepackaged, um, you know, coleslaw mixes. But it's just the stem part of the broccoli that's been shredded, which is often part of the broccoli that gets thrown away. But it's got great crunch, and you're still getting, you know, the nutrients that you would get from from the broccoli. And it's usually got some shredded cabbage in it, and it's got some shredded carrots in it as well. And it too stays fresh for a very long time. Usually, the heartier your vegetable is, the longer it's kind of going to last for you. So that's why cabbage usually lasts a little bit longer than say you know an iceberg lettuce or something like that and i do tend to find that the iceberg lettuce is one of the ones that goes a little bit quicker because right. it's mostly water right. you know it's it's mostly you know completely made up of water um, well I, I just wanted to kind of tell people to think outside of the box a little bit and you know forget about making coleslaw and, and all that stupid mayonnaise i mean who needs mayonnaise um you know just use that as your lettuce as your salad the coleslaw mix and right. you'll 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 enjoy it. You will absolutely. Thank you for that tip, John. You're welcome. Have a good day. You too. And you know that kind of brings us to those mayonnaise-based things. <laughs> right. You know, it was a perfect segue for that because that is often what people tell me they bring to uh, summer and mayonnaise. They just yeah, go together. They just, I know. You know, <laughs> hot and. Mayonnaise that will spoil mm-hmm. in 10 minutes. So, you know, um, egg salad, deviled eggs is always a big one that yes. people bring. And they are delicious. I love a deviled egg. But if it has been, if I did not see it come out of the refrigerator, I'm with you. I am not eating that. Uh, potato salad is another big one that you see um, folks bring. And those are all mayonnaise-based 
salads, mm-hmm. and those go bad very, very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I tend to say don't bring mayonnaise-based right. items to a cookout. But if you're going to, what are some tips that we can do to keep those safe? Well, you know, uh, again, it comes back to the temperature. I mean, make sure that if you're bringing a potato salad or, or whatever it is that's mayonnaise-based, keep it on ice until you're actually ready to eat it. And then again, remember that rule of two hours. You know, don't leave it out more than two hours unless it's really hot, then you want to take that down to one hour. And then also another suggestion, you know, we can make those salads healthier. Generally, mayonnaise salads are not the healthiest. No. Um, so two things you can do to make them healthier is to use a low-fat mayonnaise or even something like a Greek yogurt. Um, and then also so add a lot of vegetables to it because, again, we want to get those vegetables into our diet. So that's two ways you can make this healthier. Yeah, and I totally agree. You know, if you're a regular listener to this program, you know I preach about Greek yogurt all the time. It is a, and we're talking plain right. Greek yogurt, not vanilla. Do not put vanilla <laughs> no. Greek yogurt in your potato salad. You will be mad at me and I will get hate mail. You want that plain non-Greek yogurt. Anywhere you would put a creamy based something you can use greek yogurt for that and what i love is it can go savory or it can go sweet absolutely um with that and it makes great salad dressings you know i i use it with salsa Mm -hmm. and kind of blend those together and use that as a dressing on some of my salads because you know it's going to be a very low fat choice when you're looking for that creamy substance that you you really really want and another thing that really turns creamy very easily is avocado oh yes Mm -hmm. you know it does have some fat to it but it's going to be one of those healthier fats fats. so you know i think sometimes when we say it's a healthy fat then people are like oh i can eat all of that that i want right you know (laughs) and and, you know it's still calories and it's it's still fat so you know don't just you know shove an avocado in you know three times a day but it's actually what i put in my deviled eggs so you know interesting yeah so yeah it it um it kind of i mean they're green you know (laughs) but so you know i kind of act like i'm dr seuss and i'm having having my green eggs and ham and but you know it's not going to keep for a really long time because it you know avocado does have brown it does brown but you know i put that in there put some jalapeno in there so it's almost like like guacamole eggs yeah and they're really good and they they go quick so i don't really have to worry about (laughs) them turning brown or, or anything but i do you know keep them in the fridge until it's you know time for the party to start and then i usually do like a big platter fill it with ice and then put my little deviled egg tray down in that so that there's ice in there all the time and remember to change that ice out as it starts to to melt so we're going to take a quick break and if you've got a question or a comment you can call us at 1-877-MPB-RING or send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org and we'll be back after the break standing member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org.
out on MPB News for in-depth coverage of issues that matter to you. The state's ongoing opioid epidemic. A bill to allow guns in churches. The child welfare crisis. And the best radio newscast in the state. Those are just a few of the stories behind 10 new Associated Press Awards and another Edward R. Murrow Award. For the award-winning coverage you've come to expect, count on us. We are MPB News. We are MPB News. We are MPB News. We are MPB News. News you can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Southern Remedy, healthy and fit on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, fit at mpbonline.org. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at UMMC. Here with my guest, Jessica Fonz, registered dietitian at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. And we're talking all things food safety today, how we can enjoy those summer cookouts while decreasing the risk of having foodborne illness. And before we went to break, we were talking about my love of Greek yogurt and how I use it in, in all kinds of recipes. And just so happens we have a caller from Louisiana who has a question or a comment about yogurt. Good morning, Timothy. Good morning. How are y'all doing today? You sound great. Well, thank you. Thanks. We're doing great. Just trying to stay dry over here. I'm, I'm so glad when I've got a good signal out of Mississippi and I can get your program. Well, I'm so glad you that know. you're listening. I have a niece that's uh, in the Air Force down there in Mississippi. I told her about y'all. You know, to, she has children, and you, you know, I love the program you'll have on about women's and children's health. Well, thank and you. old men, too. <laughs> you uh, got to take care of everybody. Yep, yep, yep. One of the things I want to share is um, having heard of the benefits of um, turmeric, et cetera, in our diets, you know? Yes. I started making my chili more like a kima curry. Okay. Know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I finish off when the, when the chili is all cooked up and ready to serve. I if I make it like a a, a one quart pot, I'll put in a good cup of um, fresh, um, all straight, no 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 flavors, no sugars, no right. nothing, yogurt mm-hmm. to finish it off, and it just improves the heck out of it. You know, it does. I learned that from my Arab friends, you know. That sounds delicious. And it's sure, I, I'm telling you what, it's wonderful. It is. I, I add it to a lot of my sauces that I want to have. Anywhere I would have put cream mm-hmm. beforehand, right. I will add some of that in there. Um, or where you would put sour cream, which is you know typically on top of a chili or something like that. I'll throw some of that plain Greek yogurt on top of there. And, you know, you don't have to use Greek yogurt. You can use, you know, plain regular yogurt. But what I like about Greek yogurt is it's, it's thicker. It's got a, a thicker consistency to it. So it really is going to give you more of that sour cream esqueness about it right and it's twice the protein you know so you know it's kind of ultra concentrated and it's got twice that protein in it and you know i'm always looking for ways to get in kind of non-meat protein sources because you know i'm trying to work on my cholesterol as well and so anytime i can get my protein from you know not 
beef or you know some kind of red meat then i try and do that now i do love a go hamburger we were talking <laughs> we about that do. before but uh you know it's a great option for that and i love that you said you kind of stir it in at the end of the cooking process that's a great tip yes thank you, you so much you too i will i guarantee <laughs> i love it i love it thank you so much for calling and listening and uh, that it is good to think about putting it in at the end, though, because sometimes, um, depending on the brand of Greek yogurt, it can kind of break. Right. Um, mm-hmm. If it gets, you know, if you boil it, if it gets to that really, really high point, and that, you know, there's not anything wrong with it, but it doesn't look. It's not going to taste great. Good. You know, yeah. it just doesn't look good. And so, stirring it in at the end, actually, I do it after I already cut the heat off, and just kind of stir it in. That way, it doesn't get so super hot that it, the proteins kind of separate out, and then you get kind of chunks right and, and runny Watery stuff. yeah which is just no good um uh, for that so love that tip oh we've got another caller um in columbus oh, just one second so we can go back and finish talking about um greek yogurt and how we uh can just use it really for right well it's everything. such a versatile thing and right. it, it takes on any flavor that you add to it just like you said you know sweet or savory or whatever it is that's the great thing about this plant you know, if you're going to sub it where you would put mayonnaise which we were talking a minute ago absolutely you can do that now it's going to have a little bit more of a tang to right. it you know mayonnaise doesn't have that tangy consistency to it um that the yogurt's going to have but you know so Im- immediately you may be like this is not quite the same but it's not bad and you just kind of got to get Get used to not having that mayonnaise mm-hmm. taste going on. All right, we can go to Shirley in Columbus. Good morning, Shirley. Hi. Um, I'd like to know if you have any recipes for um, substituting uh, yogurt or milk and things like um, tomato bisque and other kinds of bisque and uh, for um, cream soups because I'm lactose intolerant, mm-hmm. but I can't tolerate. I can tolerate uh, yogurt. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I do, think. Do you have any recipes that would substitute? The good you thing know, about uh, yogurt. Right. That's a that's a very good question. And and the good thing about Greek yogurt is you can really follow any recipe that you traditionally would follow for those um, food items. Just simply replace the cream or whatever um, that you're to add according to the recipe and just replace it with Greek yogurt. Um, and again, add it towards the very end. So that way it doesn't break down and it, it maintains the texture um, and the quality that you want. So again, just just follow any traditional recipe that you would and just replace whatever cream that you see on the recipe with Greek yogurt. So even for cream of asparagus and all of those? I do a cream. I've not done a cream of asparagus, but I do a cream of tomato. Like Mm -hmm. I make my tomato basil and I like for it to be creamy. Yeah. And so what I actually do is I take out half of my tomato mixture and put in a blender. Yeah. And I put my Greek yogurt in there and blend that together and then add that back to my... that's my, my pot with the rest of it because I like to have a little texture in yeah. my tomato soup as well and that kind of gets everything incorporated in there and mixed in well so that you don't have any kind of chunks or, or pieces good. that don't get incorporated down in there so I would imagine that you could do that uh, with asparagus with cream of asparagus or cream of broccoli any yeah. of those as well but you know the good thing about the kitchen is you know get in there and experiment you know right. like I've made lots of happy accidents you know trying <laughs> stuff those I've, are the best sometimes I've made a few I've made a few uh-ohs too where you just don't don't eat that but it, that's the good thing about the kitchen just have fun with it and I have had so much fun today with my guest Jessica Bonds from Blue Cross Blue Shield and talking with all you guys about how you're celebrating your summer and how we can stay healthy together if you uh, have questions that we didn't get to you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org and i'll be back next week with another guest